Canuck Central in the Kintec studio. Kintec Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintec.net. Yes, uh, the NHL entry draft is creeping ever so close as we get to the end of the season. Stanley Cup on the brink of being awarded to the Vegas Golden Knights, or if we have a comeback in the series, the Florida Panthers, should it happen, and they are able to stave off elimination. Oh, they were and going force again. a game seven in a couple of nights. I want it to end. I'm trying, I man. I am really just like trying to make it happen. Squeezing him in <laughs> as much as you possibly can, right? Yes, uh, as much as I possibly can. But we are uh, not that far on from uh, having. The NHL entry draft, and it's uh, going to be a little bit different midweek this time around, and it's happening in Nashville. And Zach Benson of the Winnipeg Ice in a highly touted draft choice is going to join us here in a moment. It's uh, it's seemingly you know even though the season's not yet over, especially here in this market, sat with how much intrigue there is about what the Canucks might do with the eleventh overall selection. The uh, the intrigue is almost completely on what happens at the NHL entry draft now. It is. And, you know, the trades leading up to it, and we've seen some movement already. And, you know, you start looking at the free agent class, two of the bigger names are already gone, right? Gavrikov is gone. Severson's gone. Um, You know, Frank mentioned that Orlov is sitting in a position where he's demanding huge money, maybe even as much as $8 million per year. Not that he's going to get it. But it shows you that it's it's pretty inflated, and um, there aren't a ton of guys. So the intrigue really comes down to, to the trade market but more so the NHL draft. And I think when you look at this year's draft, I think it's, it's truly a testament to how talented the group of players are this year. When we're sitting here and talking about a group of 16 to 20 players that legitimately are being talked about as top 10 picks or guys who could be going in the top 10. And, you, and I think sometimes what happens is throughout these discussions, uh, people start saying unfair things about certain pros- prospects. And it's right. like, well... It's not that the player's not good. Like we're talking about comparing them to some other guys, and really they're all in the same tier. That's that's what's so fascinating here. It's like all these, the, a lot of these players are kind of in the same tier. It comes down to your projection and which guy you believe in. And there's reasons to believe in each guy strongly, especially in that type of a range. Like you know, we mentioned Will Ander and Nate Danielson, even as much as some people think they, they shouldn't be going as high as they should go. And then you talk about what they have and why people see it. Then you look at look at a guy like Zach Benson, for instance, and it's it's one of those things where if he falls down, and we, we touched on this yesterday, and, and perhaps he will because he's a winger and uh, depending on how the draft kind of goes here, how big of a steal could he be if he's outside the top 10? And if he's able to produce at the level he's shown and, and having that next hockey sense and how hard he plays. I mean, he's one of those guys who could slip through the cracks, and then we look back and say, why did that happen? Those that uh, like this player think you know he's a surefire bet to be a top six NHL mm-hmm. forward and be able to score at quite a rate. And you can see it in the numbers and uh, what he was able to produce 36 goals, 62 assists, 98 points here in this season as a draft eligible. Those are gaudy numbers <laughs> to say the least. So there's a lot of projection from an offensive standpoint. And while yes, um, now, there is a risk in taking undersized forwards, and they are harder to project. You don't see as many of them have big-time success in the National Hockey League. You know, there are 
exceptions to the rule, and they generally tend to be extremely talented, and that's one thing Zach Benson is. Nobody's going to take that away from him, but we see it in the league all the time. You know, guys like Patrick Kane, Mitch Marner, uh, even you know Cole Caulfield, who dropped in the draft in Vancouver just a couple of years ago. He just got a big stinking contract because guess what? Despite his size, he can score goals in the National Hockey League. It's um, you know, it, it can still be a player type that really helps you win games, but they just well, have to hit at the absolute highest level of their game. And and that's the big thing. And my my biggest question when looking at players who are undersized by NHL standards is if you're under five ten, for instance, or even around five ten, and you want to be an elite level player, your your talent either has to be super overwhelming, but if it's not quite elite at everything, but still has a high level, is your work rate. If you're a smaller player, look at the best small players in the NHL, the guys who've been most successful. They all have one trait in common outside of their diminutive size and that is how hard they work right how how they win battles and how tenacious they are and kind of the get up and, and aggressiveness they play with and zach benson has a lot of that in his game so if you want to look at reasons why he could overcome those things that's the trait the motor and the, the determination you truly need and on that factor he really checks a box uh we are waiting on zach benson to uh Join us here on Canuck Central, and uh, hopefully we will get to chat with the big-time prospect here in just a few moments. You know, there's there's a lot of discussion as to what could happen here for the Canucks, and we sort of went through it. Well, mostly you went through it off the top of the show while I was uh, figuring out some technical issues. But, um, you know, there was and there is some real questions as to how things shape up for the Canucks at 11th overall. And we basically gave you nine names Mm -hmm. that we think there's a high probability of going in the top 10. So just ahead of the Vancouver Canucks and to quickly, um, you know, run through those again, you have obviously Connor Bedard, Matt Bay, Mitch Adam Fantilli, Leo Carlson, Dalibor Dvorsky, um, Will Smith is another player that is going to be there. David Reinbacher is going to be there. Ryan Leonard is likely to be there. And Axel Sandin Palika. So that gives you your names that are going to most likely, you know, as things are shaping up right now, be ahead of the Vancouver Canucks. And that leaves a pretty good grouping of players there, Sat. With, it really does. Yeah. Well, with and, Zach and think- Benson and the others. Well, yeah, and you know the, the fascinating thing about a Zach Benson is there is a chance he goes higher. But one thing that we're seeing a lot of is centers and defensemen getting moved up, right? And we mentioned Ryan Leonard right now being the player who's maybe most safely projected out of the wing prospects to be that top eight, top ten pick because of not only is he a player who works very hard and you know he he plays hard and all those things like he's very talented. He he. He's essentially viewed as a big-time leader across the board. I wouldn't say quite at kind of the cutter Gauthier level last year where he found himself going fifth overall and they projected him to be a center despite he's a big winger. Leonard doesn't have the same size. But I, I see you know, some, some similarities there in terms of where he might go. But I think there's a chance that... Coming out of the any, Combine weekend, like, yes. a lot of love for Ryan Leonard. A Huge lot love. of love for Ryan Leonard. And having said all that, if I'm projecting any of those guys we mentioned the top nine to fall out, it probably would be Leonard if King, if Will Andrew jumps up and Nate Danielson jump up. 
or even Oliver Moore if he goes 10. Like, I think there is a chance that both those guys fall out, and it's because the centers and defensemen right now are gaining a lot of steam. And I mentioned Dvorsky. I've had people tell me he's a top-five talent in this year's draft. They have him ahead of wow. Will Smith. Some people have him, right? And these are people making big decisions for organizations, right? So if, if that's kind of the sense some people are having on these guys, they're all going to kind of move up here. And, you know, we mentioned with Irv, does that open up possibilities for Vancouver if, if the, the premium position guys are gone? Like if Danielson's gone, if uh, Will Ander is gone, and Dvorsky and these guys are gone, and they're not huge on more, and even though Benson and Barlow are there, are they more prepared perhaps to move down at that stage, looking at it and saying, hey, we might get another defenseman or another center or a player similar to these guys at number 19 or 20. And I think at that stage, it's probably not a bad decision to make. It is um, it is a lot of spots to move down. Uh, if you do move down to, let's say, the 19 spot that has been discussed with Chicago or something to that effect. And I would imagine that whatever team makes that kind of a deal, or in any situation... Like, take the teams out of it. If you're moving up from 19 or 20 to 11, it's going to cost you quite a bit. Like, that's a big jump. You're jumping up at least one tier, you know, in most drafts. Potentially two tiers if you're looking at how teams might be shaping up the top half of the first round. And so to do that, it's going to cost you. And in this case, for the Canucks, it might mean being able to get rid of uh, one of their contracts that will help them get some more salary cap flexibility might be getting on top of that you know an extra second round pick or you know just being able to draft in the second round of this year's entry draft that could be another thing that really has them leaning towards doing this because the more I feel coming out of the 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 combine weekend the more I you know, I see just how many talented players are here and just how much variance there is in this year's draft about where guys could end up and how many guys could be, you know, in that really often the sweet spot at the start of the second round where you have a lot of guys, first round talents that kind of just, you know, end up there because, you know, some teams just didn't have them ranked that way. For sure. And, you know, what's super fascinating here is that, Every team is kind of different, is, is higher on a different winger a little bit. You know, we mentioned how Detroit really likes Samuel Hanzik, a guy that they've been really linked to. And I think a guy like Gabe Perot is another player that isn't maybe being discussed a lot, but is a player who's very exciting and, and, and could be a real tantalizing player in the teens. Uh, let's bring in our next guest. He is uh, one of the highly rated prospects coming up in this year's NHL entry draft. It is Zach Benson. Thanks for this, Zach. How are you? Oh, not too bad. How are you guys? Uh, we're we're doing pretty well, man. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of prep going into the draft from our perspective. You know, just a couple of weeks away. Uh, tell us how Combine Weekend went for you. Yeah, I mean, um, it definitely met the expectations. Uh, I had a blast. Met new guys. Um, you know, saw familiar faces that uh, you see around the Western League. So um, I had a blast, and uh, you know, it couldn't have been uh, any better. Well, I'm sure you're one of the guys, one of the top-rated prospects in this year's draft, so I'm sure you had a number of teams talking to you. How much interest uh, did you kind of feel from, from different teams across the league and in the discussions they had with you throughout the Combine? Yeah, I felt that, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of teams interested. Um, you know, I think uh, they were doing tons of interviews as, um, you know, players were uh, doing interviews too, so... 
um, you know, I felt that there was lots of interest and um, I had a, good, a lot of good talks with, uh, you know, uh, a lot of teams. Uh, we are in Vancouver, so I have to ask, uh, did you have uh, a meeting with Vancouver? Yeah, I did meet with Vancouver, yeah. Did you guys uh, have a chance to go out for dinner? Uh, yeah, we went out for dinner um, Monday night, I believe. Uh, well, that's interesting because, you know, uh, there, there's obviously a team at 11 and, uh, you know, you're projected to go in that range even as high as, as the top 10. It's It's been a really good year for you. Um, you know, you had the, the you put up the gaudy numbers there in the dub with Winnipeg. You have the great season. Uh, how did this season come together for you to set yourself up for this year's NHL entry draft? Yeah, I mean, um, obviously we had a really good team in Winnipeg. Um, you know, we... We had a high expectations this year, and um, our goal is to win the league. And um, you know, um, I think we we had uh, a really good, uh, I guess, year as a, as a group. And uh, we got to the finals. Obviously, ran into a, a really hot Seattle team, but uh, you know, we put up a good fight. And um, you know, I really couldn't be in this situation if it wasn't for uh, you know my teammates. Well, and you know, and I think when when people watch your game and you know how selfless you are in terms of uh, how hard you work and your de- attention to details and the PK style of your game, what were your most from an individual standpoint? I know you, the team stuff and and everything, but from an individual standpoint, what were you most proud of for what you accomplished individually this year? Yeah, I think it was just my consistency. Honestly, um, you know. Um, uh, you obviously set goals before the year, and my goal was kind of, uh, you know, I guess individually I wanted to uh, hit 100 points. And, um, you know, I got injured, obviously, eight games before the, the end of the season, so I didn't quite get to 100. But, um, you know, I got to 98, and um, I guess that's uh, what I was kind of most proud of, uh, I guess, as an individual. But, uh, obviously, uh, you know, our team, team made a good run, and that's probably what I'm most proud of, uh, you know, throughout the year. You know, uh, as being a fellow uh, short guy myself, you know, I know uh, the undersized comment has probably come up a few times for you, and it will again, you know, as in the lead-up to the draft. It's it's only natural. But, you know, as a, a quote-unquote undersized player, how do you go about having success? And, and how has it, you know, sort of shaped your game, Zach, and, and the way that you play? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I think if you, if you watch my games, um, you realize that I play, uh, you know, a lot bigger than, than I'm actually, I guess, sized at. Um, but I think just my skill set and hockey IQ, um, you know, being a, a smaller guy, I, I get to the dirty areas, and I think uh, my hockey IQ kind of allows me to, to think the bigger opponents and kind of, you know, be one, one play ahead, uh, I guess, of the opponents at all times. When it comes to thinking the game at that level, what do you, what is the thing you look for the most in terms of what you try to look for when you put the puck into open space? Like what do you, what's kind of going through your head when you're op- looking for that open space or somebody to jump onto? Yeah, I think uh, you kind of just got to, you know, there's a few things that are going on in your head. I think uh, where he's going to go or where he's going to be, um, where his stick position is going to be. Um, so uh, there's a lot of things that go into it, but uh you know, you kind of got to just figure out where he's gonna where he's gonna be and kind of where his stick's gonna be positioned at. How did you develop the the incredible vision that you show? Uh, Come naturally to you, you know, I think a little bit natural. 
Yeah, I think it's a little bit natural, but also watching watching a lot of hockey games uh, growing up, I think definitely play a key role in it. Uh, now, you know, we, we mentioned, obviously, when it comes to how, how people view draft prospects, and people have never viewed you as a big prospect, right, having this huge size to your game, but you've always overcome any of those concerns. And we were just talking about your play, playing style and, and how guys that have played your style have been successful in the past or currently successful in the NHL. And obviously, in t- on top of the incredible talent and the vision and all those, you know, things that you need to have, what's very a, a very clear common trait is how hard and how tenacious those players are. And you certainly have that and exhibit that in your game. Have you always kind of had that tenacity in your game? Is that something you had to develop? And, and, and where, where do you kind of get that hunger from when you, when you play with that type of reckless abandon at times? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, you're kind of spot on. Uh, ever since I was, you know, young, uh, being a smaller guy, you always got to, you know, be a little hungrier and, uh, you know, dig a little deeper in the corners to come up with the puck. But, um, you know, I've always been super competitive and um, I've always wanted to kind of kind of be the best. And um, I think that competitive drive has kind of always been in me. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, I think that's, you know, lots of many sick games growing up and, uh, you know, just lots of little things that you do with your siblings or um, close friends that kind of, I guess, keep that competitive drive in you and uh, even instill a little more. Mini six games, uh, they're they're elite, man. They're, you can never give them up. They're the best. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, Zach Benson joining us here on uh, on Canuck Central. You know, one thing I I have noticed, you know, in watching some tape of your game is, you know, um, it, on the defensive side of the puck, you, you, I mean, your your defensive IQ, your defensive awareness is is right up there with almost any prospect that I've seen in, in this year's draft. How how did that become such a big part and such an important part of your game as well? Yeah, honestly, I'll give a lot of credit to my uh, coach in Winnipeg, James Patrick. Um, you know, obviously, he was a super good defensive uh, defenseman in the NHL for a long time. So um, he kind of, you know, when I was 15 coming into the league, I wasn't uh, too great defensively. And I think, uh, you know, he kind of transitioned my game into a full 200-foot game. And uh, I can't thank him enough for that. Long term, where would you like to see yourself playing in terms of position? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I'm obviously I've been playing on the wing for a while, so I'm pretty comfortable on the wing. But, um, you know, with my 200-foot game, I'm pretty open to, to moving to the middle or giving it a try at least. But uh, for right now, I'm pretty comfortable on the wing. And I imagine as a BC boy, I wouldn't mind uh, playing in a Vancouver shirt as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you dream of uh, just playing in the league from a young age. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's a pretty – Pretty common answer, but uh, any 32 team, uh, you know, it's obviously <laughs> a dream come true. Good, good political answer, especially for teams that might be in the range if they're lucky enough. You kind of be available there. Now, you know, getting away from from a lot of the hockey stuff, what what does Zach Benson do on his downtime? Like, do you have a hobby? Like, what do you get up to when you're now focused on being an NHL player? Yeah, honestly. Um, I love to watch the game. Uh, you know, watching the Stanley Cup Finals right now is obviously super cool. But uh, away from the game, uh, I like to golf a bit with my brothers and, and friends. Um, I like to play some pickup basketball. Um, really anything that kind of keeps me active or, um, I guess, keeps my, my mind thinking. So uh, uh, you watch the NBA Finals then? You watch pickup hoops? You see the Nuggets win? Yeah, yeah, no, I saw saw Denver uh, get the dub last night. 
and uh, and another BC boy having big success, Nick Taylor, uh, with the Canadian Open win as well. What, what what's uh, what's your cap these days uh, there, Zach? Yeah, no, I'm not very good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't have a good time. But uh, no, it was awesome to see uh, Nick Taylor obviously get the win. Uh, love to hear it, uh, Zach. Really appreciate your time, your insights, and uh, all the best in the lead up to draft week. Yeah, awesome. Take care, guys. There is uh, Zach Benson, 11th overall, uh, well, could be an option at 11th overall for the Vancouver Canucks, could be higher in the draft as well. And then uh, confirming Rick Dollywall's report from earlier today that he did go out for dinner with the Vancouver Canucks during combine week. Yeah. So you put uh, you put Zach Benson into that same category as you know Barlow, Nate Danielson, Tom Willander of guys that they kind of sought out to have discussions with, and um, it's going to be super fascinating about who's going to be available there. You know, you know, if we would have asked this question two months ago, it would have seemed like a no brainer that Willander is going to be there and Nate Danielson, and those are the guys the Canucks will pick from. The fact that maybe one of those guys not being there is more likely and Benson being there seems more likely just kind of shows you how, how quickly consensus outside of the industry can change depending on more information. And again, as much as we love the draft rankings, we keep tabs on it and everything, it can change dramatically from especially in the fall and even the winter up until you get closer to the summer. And teams are really starting to, you know, hammer down who they like and, yeah. and really hammer down their list and their board and how that's going to look. And maybe we start to get a little bit of tidbits of information onto exactly what that might be. And like it's clear, guys like Willander are getting moved up. Even Danielson getting a lot of love here in the last couple of weeks is a big right shot center. And you know, it's not uncommon. You know, not that Zach Benson is the smallest guy in the world, but at five ten. Now, going into the draft, he would be considered undersized, and undersized wingers tend to get moved down draft boards as we get closer to, and that's potentially what could happen. It could be a big bit of success uh, for a team, and, uh, you know, because this is a player, like on skill alone, you're probably ranking him as a top seven, top eight, maybe even higher than that sort of talent in this draft. He's got that level of skill. It's it's insane what he can do. Yeah, he does. I mean, and the work rate he has and the ability he has to be an all-around player, despite not being the biggest player, is a reason why you would feel pretty confident that he's able to overcome the odds of being a good player despite his size. But he is going to have to overcome a lot. And I think that's sometimes a hesitation that people have. And And as good as he is and as talented as he is, there are some questions about, you know, the skating, obviously, which I think he's he's going to yep. easily be able to answer. But the shot, and sometimes when that's quite not quite there to some estimation, there's this reluctance, like we talked about yesterday. If they feel like on actual physical traits, they can't see enough pluses, despite having a lot of other things. That's how guys oftentimes get moved down a little bit. And I think that could be something that goes against him, potentially, compared to some of the other guys that get drafted. But... Um, it wouldn't shock me at all that he's a player that somehow slips. He gets taken in the teens, and people look back a few years and say, how did that happen? And, you know, much like some players we've seen in the past, whether that's been Cole Caulfield, Matt Boldy's a bit different, but I think Cole Caulfield is a guy that you can look at and say clearly should have been a higher pick than he was. And uh, we'll see if that happens with Zach Benson. You know, all the things uh, that I mentioned yesterday, like I, I you know, still feel about the player, but also, um, you know, it's – as we get closer to the draft, trying to give every outcome of these players that could be selected by the Canucks, where their ceilings are, 
where their floors are, what it looks like with them on the roster. Those are the types of things we will continue to sort of hammer down and try to give you the best insight as to what the Canucks are working with when they get to the 11th overall pick. And it's becoming clear that Benson could be one of those guys. And if you look at, uh, you know, we learned about Benson um, having dinner with the Canucks earlier today, and he confirmed it there. But of those four players, as we talked about in the first segment of the show, kind of looks like those four players, some combination of them, maybe three of the four, are going to be available for the Canucks. I think that's sort of what the Canucks are looking at and have sort of done their due diligence to say, here's what we might be working with with the 11th overall pick. Yeah, so we'll keep hammering that down as we get closer to yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Only two weeks to go. Uh, Dan Richo and Satyar Shah. It is Canuck Central, and you're listening on Sportsnet 650.